Welcome to Radio Plasma, a space dedicated to the exchange of ideas, conversations, stories, music, performances, and randomness. Listen at radioplasma.com. Also, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. I'm your producer and host, Johan Rashi Vega, and I want to welcome Kate Simpson, one of the members of the band The Grace. Thanks for having me, Johan. It's great to be here. I'm so excited about hearing of The Grace, all the story behind. Yeah, yeah. And the evolution and the reason for you to be here. Because the process of evolution of The Grace is now taking this next level of releasing a full album. And that also is looking up for the support of the audience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so this is our first full-length album. We've been planning on, you know, beginning recording of it and production of it for over a year. And we thought we were going to be able to raise the money ourselves and make that happen. And we all work full-time jobs and it just wasn't happening. Our band account just wasn't adding up with the traveling for other shows. So we made the decision to... Um, to kind of try to go ahead with Kickstarter, which is um, a crowdfunding website. And it's different from GoFundMe and other sites in the sense that it's all or nothing. So if you don't get the price that you ask for, you lose all the money and it's returned to the people that have pledged. And, you know, we are looking for $2,300, which won't cover all of our costs, but will be a huge, huge help for us, like, making this possible at all. So we're excited. We've, we've received some support so far. So this album is not only our first full-length album, but it's the first album with our full band. Chris and I began this band. We started playing together eight years ago, but as a duo, we've been playing together since the end of 2015. And our first EP, we, you know, did very DIY. We released it. Um, with some good friends. Actually, our current drummer recorded it and they did an awesome job. It was just me and Chris, upright bass and vocals. We released that in 2017, but this is just that next step. We're going to be recording and mastering and hiring local visual artists to create the artwork. We would love to hire some more local musicians to feature on the album. And as much local community-focused art as we can incorporate, we would love to because that's very much what we stand for. So this is definitely a local effort that also looks up to bring up collaboration and connecting with other artists so that way all the work as a collective can bring up this new album, a first album for the full band. Going back a little bit in time when The Grace started as a duo, this is an interesting combination of bass and voice. Yeah. That's an interesting approach. How did you and Chris found out this was the way to go? So there was, um, right towards the end of our senior year in college, we went to UMass, and we had gone to HTC in Holyoke before that. He was one of my very first friends in college. It was our senior year, and we were playing at a jazz night, and I think we were supposed to play with other people, and they didn't come, so we just played as a duo, and that was back when he played a big upright bass. Um, And we really liked it. And I remember that night he said to me, like, we're going to do this after school, like after college, we're going to have a project and we're going to be able to do music. Because at the time we were having very different experiences. But for me, and I know a little bit for him, our experience with our music education was negatively impacting our relationships with music, which was not the case for everybody in that program, which is awesome. But I came out in a certain headspace that really 
I didn't know what that was going to mean for me with music. And then Chris and I started playing together. And within six months, once we started writing, we realized, like, this is what we want to be doing. And the instrumentation, you know, Chris was forced to kind of learn to use his instrument in a different way because it wasn't just bass lines. You know, he was playing lead lines because Chris and I are very much the two front people of the band. We write everything together. His lines are often, like, the forefront So it was a learning curve, and it was really awesome to work with that instrument because it's always been one of my favorites to listen to. I can't play it. But that kind of confrontational nature of thinking of this bass and this voice, something you don't expect to go together, is kind of also a theme in our music in general. So that kind of came over time, but it was really cool to learn to write like that. And now Chris has evolved to playing mostly electric bass just because of our instrumentation which has also caused us to use our instruments and our writing in a completely different way, which is really exciting. Um, But we also have a drummer now and a keys player. Yeah. Your lyrics are also a reflection of many personal experiences, stories, and also everything wrapped on a format that could be close to actual poetry. Yeah, yeah. So, um... I am a writer. I write poetry that most of our songs are poems first. Later in this session, I think I'm going to read you one that I haven't even showed the band yet, except for Mara. We still have three songs to finish the album out. And I go through phases where I can't write for a month, but then all I'm doing is writing poetry. And then a lot of times Chris and I just sit in a room together and whatever we work together in that room. So he'll play a line and I'll sing a line and we'll show each other poetry and music and see what comes out of that. But um, my writing, you know, the first EP was very, very much about acknowledging my mental illnesses and kind of allowing them to fill up space. I think you can hear that in the words. It also, you know, we wrote our last two songs right after the election in 2016. And there's, you know, a huge theme of anger in that album. And my writing is like my best release. I think a lot of artists could say that about their chosen art. So I learned kind of recently that the more honest and the more vulnerable I can be in my work, the more real it's gonna feel and it's gonna be, you know, the more genuine. So this album, I still talk about mental illness. That's one of the main things that I talk about, but it's also very much about like evolving against the world around us and The word abeyance, which we're naming the album after. The definition of that is a state of temporary disuse or or suspension or a state of uncertainty. So a big central theme in this and all the lyrics and just the music is the idea of being in a limbo and kind of having your foot in two worlds. And I think that that means something different to everyone, but very much more about taking control. It's so inspiring to hear you referring to mental illness and utilizing the practice of writing and creating music all around these topics because this becomes a true way of expression but at the same time it becomes in a way therapy oh definitely and also awareness for many others to learn and understand and possibly project themselves in situations that may be experiencing similar and feel that connection through that reality that you're talking about. 
knowing that these are situations that are real, situations that I know of, that I maybe I'm going through myself. So creating music that connects in that level, such a powerful tool. Yeah, and I think I teeter on, I really like when people can have their own interpretation of music, but I do think things like this, you know, talking about mental health and mental illness, if I'm in a space where I have a tool to be able to deal with my personal experiences with my mental illness, with my mental health, and to use my art in that way, I also think it's important that I then speak up that that's what it's, it's about. Because there's other people going through these things, and everyone's different, but there's other people in similar spaces that don't have that kind of platform. So I think it's like what you're saying. Um, you know, there's been many poets or even visual artists for me that seeing their work changed everything. You know, it almost allows you then to exist and open up in that way. I, you know, I think when we have anxiety or depression, we feel like we're bothering people when we talk about these things. And that's how, even now, I get in my head about it. But there is a point where I consciously decided, and you know, this music I'm sure doesn't mean every the same exact thing to all my bandmates. We all have different experiences, but my lyrics and what this band means to me, I decided I'm going to say these things and I'm going to be open about these things. Because for me, like playing my music, being on stage, is the most comfortable I ever am. It's it's when I feel like I have permission to kind of go there with my work. So I decided to kind of leave it all out there. And there's a lot of really amazing artists, especially in the Valley, I think, that are kind of doing the same thing about their own personal experiences, which is really powerful. I think it's very necessary in this time. With The Grace, you have had the chance to perform at different venues different places and events in the Valley. Just this year, you had a lot of performances, thinking about the Big E, thinking about some festivals uh, during the summer. Also, you're going to be closing this year and opening the new year at First Night in Northampton as well. Yeah, yeah. This is our first year doing First Night. I'm really excited. We're playing an early set at Lyman Hall at 7 p.m. A lot of bands that we love from the area are also playing that night so it's it's just like it's all free music it's community art community music but yeah we're playing at Lyman Hall at seven it'll be free we're playing a 40 minute set and then we'll be walking around all night checking out other music so we hope people will come and hear some of our new songs we hope we'll get to see people at other shows and dance with them a lot of my favorite local bands Mad Habits The Leafies You Gave Me um, so many other bands are also at first night this year and then um Actually, on December 11th, we're going to play a set, kind of a surprise last-minute set at Bishop's Lounge at 10 p.m. just to promote this this new album. We're just going to play new songs that are on the album. It's just it's a short set. It's 40 minutes. But we're really excited. That's kind of become, I think, a lot of musicians in the Valley's kind of like sanctuary as a community music space. And then I know you spoke to Jackals over the weekend. Um, they invited us to be part of a show in Holyoke, here in Holyoke, in January on the 18th. And that's, you know, a show that I've been excited for for a while. There's a lot of amazing music that's gonna be there. Ex Tempers playing as well. I love being on bills where there's other femmes that are involved, you know, because that doesn't always happen necessarily. And there's so many amazing women that make music. So it's always great to feel solidarity and be on a bill like that. The conversation with Jackals uh, mentioned at some point, it is also a beautiful thing to see how the bridging between the music scene in the Boston area 
with the music scene here in Western Massachusetts begins to get more and more cohesive and begins to exchange and interact and create more possible collaborations, that is another way of showing that evolution. Most importantly, when is on bands and projects that are woman-led. Oh, definitely. I think it's so important. You know, I think, I, we were talking about this before we turned the mic on. There's a lot of experiences as, well, musicians anyways, deal with a lot of crap just trying to work and have our work valued. But women in the industry, and like I said, I think, you know, any femme-identifying musician probably has had their own experience like this, but my band is made up of two people that identify as men, and then Mara and myself, and we both identify as femmes. And it's interesting, and this is not always the case, because I think the Valley has some great venues that really look out for artists, but I have been in situations where I've gotten treated completely different than any of my male bandmates. And it was noticeable, and other people saw it. And, you know, the world's changing, but it's also important to make sure that we're making space for people that haven't always been given space because there's, you know, a lot of femme-identifying musicians that can run circles around other people and that are incredible. So yeah, it's really cool to see that evolve. I think the Valley scene is so deep and committed to itself, but it's so amazing to see when people leave and when people are able to do that exchange, like you said. We've only, we've been out to like New York and Boston a few times. We did our our first tour with Mad Habits this past year. And that was an awesome experience, um, traveling with another band that we love from here and kind of uh, making our way around and, and learning the ropes. So hopefully we'll see some more exciting spaces soon. So the Kickstarter is ongoing and on its last days before closing, still looking up for that support from the audience. How can people get to that Kickstarter? How can people can get to listen to your music and get more information about the Grace? So um, if you're looking for our Kickstarter, if you search on Kickstarter, Abeyance or the Grace, you'll probably see us. It's a black and white picture of the four of us and it says Abeyance by the Grace. Um, but if you follow us on any of our social media, I post about it every day. It'll be hard to miss it. And even though we're not a duo anymore, our Instagram tag, and you can find us on Facebook at The Grays Duo. Um, Grays spelled G-R-E-Y-S. You can go to our website at thegraysduo.com. And we actually just released a single, the first single off of the album, which is the only song from our original EP that we decided to redo with the full band. Everything else will be new, um, but it's called Rabbit Hole. We filmed it, or I mean, we recorded it with Josh, our drummer, and Caroline of Mad Habits at their Homestead Studios, and Andy Casella of Shape Recording mastered it for us. We're really excited about it. You can find it on Spotify, on iTunes, or on Bandcamp, and it's kind of a, just a little sneak peek of what we hope is, is to come. But again, we really appreciate, you know, if you can't donate, even sharing the link is a huge help to us. And there's a whole lot of goodies that you can win. Even if you donate a dollar, we're sending you a gift um, for helping us out. We're writing, Chris is offering a bass lesson for certain rewards. I am writing um, a poetry and lyric book that some people will get as rewards. Some people will get an original poem, a whole bunch of merch. So there's a lot of stuff. And again, um, you can find it at on Kickstarter if you search Abeyance. It is really fascinating listening the possibility of exploring and revisiting one song 
that was made originally with the setup of voice bass, the Grace Duo in its original format, and then the evolution of the same song now with the full band for members, more instrumentation, and more ways to make this song have a different taste, a different texture. How does integrate the sound of having now drums and keys on the band? I say this, I get so mushy about the two of them because it just always made sense that it was going to be them. There was no process of us like auditioning people to play or anything. There was just one show where we decided that we wanted to try a full band sound. We had a guitarist at the time too, Jared Campion. He also went to college with all of us and he's doing other things now. And Mara and Josh just kind of, they got it from the beginning. They understood the darkness. They understood the sound. They knew that we're a rock band in, in a lot of senses. We're all influenced by jazz and I'm influenced by theater, but there's a huge importance for space. And they all just completely went in there. And, you know, I think that this, as you know, Chris and I are writing partners. He's my very best friend and I'm so thankful for the duo that we've had, but I think that this was the sound that it was meant to be that we were writing to. And I don't even know if we realized it. And Rabbit Hole particularly was the second song we ever wrote together. And we didn't love it for like a year and a half. And now it's one of our favorite songs. We put it in every set list. And you know, that's in part because of Josh and Mara. They're both incredible musicians, incredible people. So it's really been quite a pleasure to see how the band evolves with them. And I, and I expect it'll continue to evolve. You know, Mara's open to starting to write with Chris and I, and that'll open a whole other, you know, having a third writer with us will be a whole new chapter, I think. It's been interesting. It just allows us to go to a new place. And I think you hear like the urgency and the openness in our music even more now with them. I think, I think it's different, you know? So it's really been great to have them. When you guys are hanging out together, maybe before a gig, mm -hmm. which songs could be the ones that you may be listening to? <laughs> I'm just thinking of like when we went to on our tour. Um, unfortunately, Mara wasn't able to make it. So it was Josh, Chris and I. There's a lot of Jimi Hendrix in the car. There was a lot of Rage Against the Machine. Chris and I love this band, Consider the Source. They're really big around here. They're just insane. But then I also love bands like Lake Street Dive and I love soul music. And like I said, I was a huge theater nerd. So I'd say like a lot of times it's Jimi Hendrix or, or Nirvana or something like that that we get amped up to before a show. But on our own, we all have pretty diverse music tastes. We all like will like things that each other is listening to, but I'd say like our main things that we listen to are pretty different between the four of us, which is nice. I think that that's... You know, I don't think any of us ever wanted to have just a, a traditional rock band or a traditional jazz band. But to kind of hear how we all influence each other and have these conversations musically, that a huge part of that is because of the music that we're listening to, you know. And that for me, like slam poetry or spoken word, that's a huge part of my influence. So that's not necessarily musical, but, you know, I think everyone has outside influences like that as well. Well, I mean, our thoughts are original, don't get me wrong. But I think it's really important when you're inspired by these amazing past influences that you acknowledge that. I think it's also totally valid that something new comes out of that, you know. But yeah, it's, it's cool to work with this group of musicians that has such different taste, even though we all met pursuing jazz to some degree or another. And, you know, like, Josh plays in, like, a hundred other bands in the Valley, and, and so many of them are, like, 
some of my favorite local bands. Mara was my TA. She was a grad student when I was in college. Um, and I always admired her playing and her as a person. And, um, you know, Chris has always been my favorite bass player that I get to play with. So it's cool to be in a band. And I think most people, I would hope, feel this way where you're really pushed and um, honored to be playing with the people you're playing with. Um, this music's really intimate. It's really personal. And I don't know many other people that I think I'd be able to go there with because it's safe and we make that space for each other, you know? So it's great. This is our conversation with Kate Simpson, the voice of The Grace, getting to know what's going on with the band. They are about to release a new album, a full album, and it requires the help and support from our local artists and also from audience to support it in the Kickstarter campaign that is available right now for that support. And you can have the opportunity also to enjoy of the Grace performances on December 11th at Bishop Lounge, on first night in Northampton, December 31st, and then at Gateway City Arts in Holyoke on January 18th, playing along with Jackals and Extemper. Yeah, it's going to be great. Thank you so much. <laughs> It's good to be busy like this. It is. And you know, it felt a little slower. I don't know if I mentioned this. Chris just had his first baby, which has been exciting for him. So we've really been, we really tried to take winter off. But I think, you know, I speak for myself. I'm itching to be playing all the time. That's what I want to do is be writing or, or playing. Um, but it's also been nice because we're in a place right now where we really just want to, like, do the work and turn out this album and keep writing and, and rounding it out. Because the pieces that we have, we're, really, we're finally in a place where we're really happy with them. And we know kind of what we want to fill in there to make it more rounded. We have about three more songs to finish that we have pieces to. And this album, for the first time, there will be spoken word poetry on with music. So it'll be different. But yeah, it's exciting. And it's exciting to have things coming up again. Like a month is too long for me to be away from playing with them, I guess, I've realized. <laughs> okay, so you were mentioning... The album is going to have spoken word. It is, yep. We have one piece that's already been finished. And, you know, as we get ready to finish the album, we're trying to decide what we're going to keep as poetry and what we're going to, you know, make into music. This piece that I'm going to read for you today isn't even necessarily on the artist. It's very much in the same vein as our work. It's one of the pieces that I've written for the album that we don't know if we're gonna see Ani yet. So this might be the only time you ever hear it, but it's something that I've written with my experiences in mind that kind of speaks to what our album's about. And since obviously the band isn't here for me today, I thought I'd still like to share a piece of art. And this is called Heroes of Home. Heroes have always been hard for me. Be it based on their power, art, or just dignity, I admire but then falter in their in-betweens. I look forward to what can't be found. I've learned to distance from what once was idolized prophecies. Where one gives me promise, I then find their leaks. It's unfair to expect a responsibility to being an unbroken timeline. And what does that say for me? I look back at my own self, there's inconsistencies. I'm honest, I try, but in learning, I've often lost my way just to find it and regret the day that came before. I see buildings built by men who deconstruct communities. I see performances given with no receipts, those preying on people like they're the disease, but this world caged us into its own lens. 
I'm naive in the sense that I expect level ground. I know it's off balance just from looking around, and with my own bias past, be it about a space or my body, I've participated in what keeps on holding us down. And heroes and mentors and idols, they bleed. I was once told some people don't make it, they're soft and they're weak. The world, it's a dungeon, there's not much relief, and I wonder if that speaks for me. My aunt, she was heavy in weight and in love. She gave what couldn't be given. She lived under her rug, and she let each new person sweep her deeper and deeper until they covered her over with wood floors. And she died. I was young. They all cried, and they lied about what had become of a jealous but open and kind kind of love, once the warmest, but now she was cold. An addiction was hidden as she lay down to rest. They pretended they gave her what she needed best, but they didn't. What a way to walk upon the backs and the truths of the people you love, to refuse to just listen to what's going on and hold on to your pride instead. Identity was half made up in our own heads, but it's also our bones in the way the world watches, the way I sink lower every time I'm too much, the way their eyes wander to what doesn't match up, the way that we each perceive fate. And those from above aren't the ones that I seek. I seek wisdom and vulnerability, but again, it is weak. It is weak. It is weak. So instead, those are the people I grew from and retained. The people who taught me how life should be shown, whether you hide it or keep it inside your unknowns. You can't live up to idolized heroes of homes. This is an excerpt that may or may not make it to the new album by The Grace and... We got the chance to enjoy it here on the session with Kate here on Radio Plasma. Thank you for, for uh, that beautiful Yeah, that beautiful thank you piece. for having me. Like I said, it would mean the world if people could just take the time to read about our Kickstarter. We wrote our story on the page, and we just kind of explained why we really need this money and what we're going to do with it and how it really directly benefits the album. So we really appreciate the listening, you know. And also by having the knowledge of being aware that your help and your support can actually make this a reality. When you are able to listen to this album and this music being released, it was because of your help. That is so tangible right now. And it's a really interesting way to make everybody part of the process. Oh, yeah. And you know, it's really scary to ask people for money. I think... Most artists that I know that have had to fund their album this way feel the same way. It's uncomfortable and it's intimidating and you want to make sure that your art is really worthy of this cause. Um, but again, like like you were saying, like if somebody supports this even at a $5 level, they're making a huge difference to us. Because this means so much and we've been working really hard and we plan to keep working really hard and writing and this Kickstarter makes that possible. So... Everything's appreciated. Well, Kate, thank you so much for being here today. Best of successes with the campaign, but also with all the projects that you're putting together with The Grace and also with different collaborations. As an artist, you are amazing and you're doing so much for the local local art community. So oh, thank you. I really wanted to, to let you know. I appreciate that. Thank you. 
community is very important to me. It's really cool to be in a space, because I work with Gateway City Arts too, um, where I get to directly work with artists and community on different levels. That's kind of everything I've wanted, so it's definitely a privilege. This is Kate Simpson, voice of The Grace, and all the information about the band, their music, and of course the Kickstarter campaign for the album, and the dates for the upcoming presentations are available in the posting of this episode at radioplasma.com. Once again, Kate, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. With this, we conclude this session of Radio Plasma that has been recorded here in the Gandora Youth Development Center in Holyoke, Mass. I'm your producer and host, Johan Rashi Vega. Thank you for listening.